0: Coming up next, the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-31. Regeneration is derived from the Septuagint Greek word that expresses the Hebrew word shuv, which means to turn and reverse direction. Let's take a look at a couple of passages to understand this better. Hello there, this is Avi ben Mordechai, and we're going to continue now with our podcast as I pick up where we left off on our last program. Let's go back and reread Genesis 3.19 so that we can understand the context of our hope that we are not left to completely fend for ourselves, to wallow as dust in the wind because of the choice that adam made for us when we inherited his fallen condition from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil genesis 319 in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground for out of it you were taken For dust you are, and towards dust you will return. Now, the Hebrew text appears to say that man's curse of death was going to be corrected in two distinct parts. Then, when both parts are finished, man's redemption will have been completed. So, part one of of the Genesis 3.19 prophecy is that man's curse is here and we contain that curse because Adam was made from the dust of Adama. And thus, man goes back to the dust of the Adama. And uh, I was speaking about the uh, lyrics of a song from 1977 written and performed by the band Kansas from Kerry Livgren when he wrote Dust in the Wind. The lyrics go as follows. Don't hang on. Nothing lasts forever but the earth and sky. It slips away and all your money won't another minute buy. Dust in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind. Everything is dust in the wind. Wow. When I read those lyrics, I get the distinct impression that I should feel depressed. I mean, after all, it sure doesn't give us much hope that we end up as dust in the wind and that we have inherited the dust of the Spirit. All because Adam decided that, uh, along with his wife or woman, oh, that they wanted something different. They wanted a connection to the etzada'a tovira, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, the all-eternal Father creator of heaven and earth, who made you and I, he had some other plans. And his compassion, his mercy, his goodness, his truth, he would never, ever stand for leaving us in this horrid condition. He had a plan that was going to rectify this entire situation and bring it around for the good, even as Paul rightly said in Romans chapter 8. So in Romans 8:28 all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose with this principle of Romans 8:28 i can certainly understand what the hope of this Genesis 3:19 prophecy is there is hope in that statement so we're talking about part one, which again is man's curse because he was made from the dust of the Adama. And thus, as Genesis 3.19 states, man goes back to the dust. But our Father in heaven, according to Romans 8.28 and many other places as well in Scripture... He does not desire to leave us in that condition. So, he built a part two prophecy into Genesis 3.19. So, this is what it says, that man's redemption and restoration is guaranteed if we will receive that spirit, because Genesis 3.19 tells us, quote, towards dust... You will return. And again, I was stating that this is really intriguing on two levels because of the Hebrew phrase, the Elefar Teshuv. It translates from Hebrew to English, at least as I'm reading it. And towards the dust, you are going to reverse direction and turn around from the dust and return back here to the Garden of Eden. And candidly, it appears to be absolute truth when we compare it with Isaiah 26:19, which is another end times prophecy. Let's look at it together. Your dead shall live together with my corpse or my dead body. They shall arise, awake and sing you. Who dwell in dust. For your dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. One of the things that makes this so incredible and so powerful is the statement, For your dew is like the dew of herbs. And that appears to me to be a clear reference to the green. Plant growth that occurs on the third day of the creation story in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. That is what it looks like to me, because it says, Your dew, which is an idea of resurrection in Judaism, your dew is like the dew of herbs. Or the green plant growth. When did the green plant growth come up out of the dust or out of the Adama, out of the ground? Well, you know, go back and look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. It was on the third day of the creation. So, here's a concealed prophecy being made real to us to explain about a yet future third-day resurrection of the Redeemer, Savior, Messiah. He's like a green tree, a green plant, coming up on the third day. And in that case, the earth is going to cast out the dead. The Adama of the dust is throwing us out because we're coming up through Yeshua. Now, I think this is so important indeed, as it appears to be an astonishing prediction of Yeshua's third day resurrection. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22 and take a look at what Paul writes in comparison with what we just read in Isaiah 26, 19. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead, for as in Adam all die. That is the second death, by the way. Going back to Genesis 2.17, even so in Messiah all shall be made alive because he's going to come up on the third day. Let's take a look at a couple of passages to understand this better. Remember the words that Luke chapter 24 says verses 6 through 8, tell us. After Yeshua's resurrection, Yeshua reminded his disciples of what he had been saying all along. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And you can also go to Luke nine twenty two, when Yeshua said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So we have this third day motif very clearly identified in Scripture. Let's go to John eleven twenty three 23 through 25. Yeshua said to her, referring to Marta, that is the sister to Lazarus, your brother will rise again. Marta said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Yeshua said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. That is the third day resurrection. Exactly as Paul stated in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty-two. For as in Adam all die, even so in Messiah all shall be made alive. It will happen through Yeshua's third day resurrection, and it will happen for you and I, on the last day that is called the day of Yudehavaveh the day of Yah okay so the basis for what it means to have a renewed Jehovah Elohim consciousness of soul life in Messiah is that of escaping from the grip of death is that of escaping from the death grip of this lower world as it is woven together and linked with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The etzadat tov virah. This death grip on the lower world must be surgically amputated from us. It must be. Otherwise, mankind's link to the Genesis 2-9 tree of the knowledge of good and evil will never, ever happen. It has to be severed. It has to be surgically amputated or removed. Such an image, as it is painted for us in Hebrew Scripture and through the words of Yeshua, is nothing short of astonishing. Hence, we have these words of Paul that precisely speak of entering into a rebirth. That is, a new birth with Jehovah Elohim's soul-life consciousness from above, which dwells and lives in us. For this, you can see Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the kindness and the love of God or Elohim, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, or in the Hebrew it would be not by works of justness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration. And the renewing of the spirit of holiness, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Yeshua, the Messiah, our Savior. And that having been made just or justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is so, so important, it's the good news of the New Testament redemption story. This is the good news. It's called the basar, the gospel. This is this washing of regeneration. And that's what happens to us when we receive the gift of Jehovah's redemption story as it was acquired for us through the obedience of Yeshua, the Messiah. This is so fantastic. We do love Torah, and we do obey the Torah, but we do it for a different reason. It is not to earn Yah's accolades and his praises. Nope. We don't do Torah to gain an attaboy and a good slap on the back as though, Oh, that's wonderful. Look how well you're doing my law. Nope. Rather, we do Torah. We do the law. We obey his commandments. We connect and enjoin ourselves to him because we love him. We are thankful that what he bought for us in eternal life, in going into the second death and rising on the third day with resurrection and giving that gift to us, we thank him. Therefore, Jehovah says to us, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for trusting in me. Thank you for doing my Torah. Thank you for making it important in your life. It's my kingdom law. You're not doing it to earn my praises as though you need to be called a good boy or a good girl and earn his love. No, it doesn't work that way. You do Torah, you do the Mosaic law, you keep the Sabbath, the kosher laws, the festivals, the rules, the teachings, the regulations, the understandings of how these things apply. You keep them, you do them because you love him. You're showing him that you care about your relationship with him. This new adoption into Yah's kingdom, this new man and Messiah that we are, it's all about our love for him in what he did for us, not what we do for him. All this said, I feel that it is important that all you folks clearly know that what I have been speaking about here must not in any way be understood as a mental or emotional prosperity gospel. How we live life today is not to be a pursuit of fake it till you make it. This is not who I am, nor should it be who you are either. We are here to be real with each other and to walk in biblical truth. What exactly do I mean by this? Allow me to be real with you for a moment, okay? I am known to you as Avi Ben Mordechai. Now, I am not the wise old owl that a lot of people think that I am. Nope. The real person that is speaking to you here, I struggle and fight all the time with wanting to be alone, because of a physical and mental condition that I have, which is called ADHD. I'm often impatient with people. I know a lot about biblical love, but I don't always live by what I know from the biblical narratives. I'm not often a good listener. I'm not often kind and gentle, either to my wife or to my friends or to anyone for that matter. I especially struggle with a lot of childhood mental baggage from my verbally abusive father and my sometimes physically abusive mother. I speak without thinking things through, which is very frustrating, especially for my wife and for many people who know me. I often hurt with my tongue, the very ones that I want to love with my heart I often give permission to the sin and death of my human condition to grow the unrighteous fruit that comes with the flesh package of my humanity. Yet, my redeemed man and Messiah knows the real truth that does not require me to fake it till I make it or to put on a good show for you. Paul put it best in Galatians five twenty-two through 24 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And against those who are Messiahs, they have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Yeah, great words of wisdom, huh? But do I actually put any of this into practice? Well, I say, sometimes yes and sometimes no. But you see, my friends, it's my war. And yes, I believe it is your war also within yourself. I want to believe and trust Jehovah for the things of truth that he shows me about myself and who I really am in him. Well, therein lies the conflict. This is because I am fighting an internal war against the power of an earthly, soulish program that always is on and quite often destructive, wreaking havoc in my heart and mind. We might like to call it negative self-talk. It's a program that runs inside of me. And it's debilitating. Scripture tells me that because I have received and believed in Yeshua HaMashiach, this means that I am justified in Messiah and born from above. Scripture affirms that I have been set free from the grips of sin and the second death in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that I can look forward to the day when I will be raised from death. And will be given eternal life in a new body to match with the already given and growing new Yehovah Elohim soul life consciousness that is now who I really am, even as I speak to you. But herein is the conflict. Do I believe all of this candidly? No, not all the time. Why? Because I am living a life of corruption in this life, in a broken body, and with a broken earthly soul consciousness. Yes, friends, I have my moments of despair and near depression and torment when I feel like a total hypocrite because of how I live out all of what I teach you and many others here on radio and all kinds of other places. And yet, when it comes to living out these truths in everyday life, marriage, and relationships, wow, I'll tell you, it sucks. It's really a battle. My persona is Avi Ben Mordechai. Oh, he lives through the born identity of an infant that came into this world in February of 1954, just north of San Francisco in Marin County, California, USA. Yeah, that's me. That little infant that came to be me has now grown up and is now six decades later the voice of an adult man with all kinds of issues of childhood trauma, baggage, and brokenness inherited from my Adamic human condition. Do not think for one moment that the man that you are listening to right here, right now, that he seems to have it all together. Oh, I may sound like I have it all together, but I don't. But allow me to encourage you with the words that I, Avi Ben Mordechai, am a mentally and spiritually challenged person. I am fragile I feel, and I hurt, and I have struggles and battles. And perhaps you might feel the same way about your life in front of others. But one thing I do know, all of this born from above, new breathing breath life from Jehovah Elohim's messianic soul consciousness that dwells within us, all of this is who we will become in fullness later. We do not have it all now, which is why you and I and all of us who are redeemed struggle so much with our broken flesh of death. What we have now is just a down payment of shadows and images and bits and pieces of truth of who we know that we really are because of who Jehovah is and always will be. It is by His grace that we are loved. Let us press on in that love. You are listening to Avi Ben-Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-31. Welcome back to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Once again, here's your host, Avi Ben-Mordechai. Thanks so much for joining me right here on Real Israel Talk Radio. And on our episode today, we are continuing with our focused look into the concept of our human consciousness as it is defined through what Yeshua taught in John 3.3 3 and 3, seven, when he was speaking privately with Nicodemus at night that we possess a breathing Yehovah Elohim soul life consciousness. And we interact with that consciousness when we are born from above Or born again. So now, looking at Titus 3, 4 through 7, the statement is made that he has made us just according to his mercy through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the spirit of holiness. Now, this assertion of regeneration, if we return this back to its original Hebraic framework, It's going to give us the Hebrew equivalent of the word shuv. It comes from the Hebrew root shin, vav, vet. That's what Genesis 3.19 is talking about. This is when Jehovah said to Adam and towards the dust, you will turn around and return. From the Hebrew statement, the Afar to Shuv. The term Shuv, meaning to turn around from something and go towards something else, this is precisely how the Greek text of John 3 3 describes things, with the result relating to the words of Yeshua when he was speaking with Nicodemus the very high Pharisee teacher of the Israel of the day in his day, when he came to him at night and they had this conversation. Remember the story in John 3? And in verse 3, Yeshua spoke to Nicodemus and he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born from above, And the English has born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Wow, that is really, really important. If we are not born from above, we are never going to see the kingdom of God. So how do you get born from above? There is only one way to do that, and that is is by relying upon the work of Yeshua, because that is going to be the defining moment for who we are and what we are in Messiah. Said differently, the English term regeneration in Titus 3, 4 is derived from a Septuagint Greek word. Septuagint is the Hebrew Tanakh, all of the Hebrew scripture translated to Greek almost a couple of hundred years before Yeshua by 70 Jewish elders in Alexandria, Egypt. It's called the Septuagint, the disciples, Yeshua, the B'chadashah, writers and teachers and lecturers and rabbis. They all used the LXX as it's often spoken of. They used it for their teaching of everyday scriptural Jewish biblical theology, the Septuagint. So, in Titus 3.4, regeneration is derived from the Septuagint Greek word that expresses the Hebrew word in the Septuagint as shuv which means to turn and reverse direction. Again, all based on Genesis 3:19. Now let's talk about man's restoration to again receive his Jehovah Elohim breathing soul of divinity. We're going to take a look at the scripture words of Ezekiel 16:4 through 6. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling clothes. No eye pitied you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you, but You were thrown out into the open field when you yourself were loathed on the day you were born. And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your blood, I said to you in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. Notice something. This is a doubling of the statement, I said to you in your blood, live. And I'll tell you right now, that statement doubled in Ezekiel 16 did not escape the notice of the ancient scholars of Judaism. According to a general rabbinic understanding, this twice-mentioned statement I said to you in your blood, live, refers to the blood of Hebrew circumcision for a Jew. However, I don't think Scripture supports it. As I understand the twice-mentioned phrase, it appears to point us back to Genesis 2.17. Let's read it together. And Jehovah Elohim commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of him, in dying you will die. Now, I know in English it doesn't say that. In most English Bibles that I've consulted, it says, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. But I don't think that's doing true justice to the text. The Scripture doesn't say, surely you're going to die that's some kind of an interpretation based on a technical understanding from Hebrew translation that refers to a kind of doublet in speaking about Hebrew ideas. That's how it's going to be explained. But I don't see it that way. Because in the Hebrew Bible and in the Brihadashah, it's got a whole lot of other references to this idea as the concept of two deaths. So the Hebrew text of Genesis 2.17 speaks with the phrase mot tamut. Mot is death, tamut is you will die. So it's in dying, you will die. This is a biblical model that is repeated numerous times in hebrew scripture as i said for example see ezekiel 1832 and john 823 through 24 ezekiel 1832 for i have no pleasure in the death of one who dies says jehovah elohim therefore turn and live so you see here i have no pleasure in the death of one who dies. That's a second death. That matches the Genesis 2.17 model. Motamut, the death and of one who dies. Let's go into the B'chadashah. John 8.23-24. Yeshua is speaking to the Pharisees, the Purushim of the day, the religious leaders. And he said to them, You... Are from beneath, and I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. Wow, he says it twice. You see, you will die in your sins, that's physical. That's Genesis 217 and the term Molt. And then if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. A second death. That's spiritual. That's relating to the word tamut from Genesis two seventeen. So we see two deaths. The first is physical and eternal. The second is spiritual and eternal. Thus Ezekiel 16, 6 might in fact be mirroring heaven's declaration, saying, I said to you, in your blood live. I said to you, in your blood live. The understanding would be, I said to you in your blood, through Jehovah's promise of a restoration from the dust of physical and material death live yes i said to you in your blood the second one through yeshua's third day resurrection live the first reference to that is to our physical material death that we are going to come up in resurrection why because of the second blood that is the promise of Yeshua's third day resurrection because the life soul is in the blood. That's what scripture says in Leviticus seventeen eleven. The soul life is in the blood. Yeshua has a soul. It's a spiritual soul in him of the word. So there is a blood reference. It's not physical blood, but it's a blood reference. So you have two bloods going on here. The blood of resurrection and the blood of Yeshua's resurrection. The blood of our resurrection on the last day and the blood of Yeshua's resurrection on the third day. Two bloods, two concepts Two statements, in your blood live, in your blood live. So now, let's talk about two fathers and two bloods. Could the writer of John 1, 12-13 be echoing a prophetic ancient biblical idea of overcoming the two decreed deaths of Genesis two seventeen through Yeshua's two bloods of death? physical, and spiritual. Why? Again, remember Yeshua said in John 6, when he was speaking about eating my body and drinking my blood. Obviously, it's not about drinking his physical blood. It's about drinking his spiritual blood because the soul is in the blood in Leviticus 17.11. So it follows that this is about his wonderful resurrection. Now, compare this idea with the Jewish idea of the two bloods of Ezekiel 16.6. Again, this was interpreted in Judaism a long time ago as, one, the blood of Jewish lineage, that of being a Jew, and two, the blood of Jewish circumcision, because we're Jewish. So we have lineage and we have circumcision. So if you look in John 1, 12 through 13, it reads, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become sons of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The sense behind the English term blood in John one thirteen, it is written as a plural, folks. It gives us the word bloods in the text. Thus, from Greek, it implies that the right to become sons of God is only granted to those who were born not of bloods, that is, not of any Jewish pedigree, nor of the will of the flesh, referring to the blood of Jewish cultural circumcision, nor of the will of man. I see that as a reference to the seed of the serpent in Genesis 3.1, because the serpent, the Nachash, he has the face of a man in Ezekiel chapter 1 and Ezekiel chapter 10. He's got four faces. One of those is that of a man. Don't overlook that. So we're not born of the bloods of Jewish pedigree or of cultural circumcision through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not by that means. And it's not even by the will of a man. I'm going to say the serpent and or Adam, because both had a will or desire to act the way they acted. It's only of God who makes it possible. To escape the curse of mankind's two decreed deaths or two bloods, there must be a kind of reset button or a turning around event to rectify the whole bloody mess. And I think Yeshua spoke of it when he said in John 3, 6-7, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born from above, or born again. Therefore, this takes us back to Psalm 139, verse 15, where it is written, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skilfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, Essentially, this paints for us the image of who and what we really are when we are born unregenerate into this lower world. Yeshua defined our life in this world as coming from the generative seed of a different father who was not our father in heaven. He said it to some of the religious leadership of his day. For example, John 8:38. I speak what I have seen with my father, says Yeshua, and you do what you have seen with your father. Also, John eight forty four. you are of your father, the nachash of Genesis 3, 1, and the desires, the will of your father you want to do. So once again, here are Yeshua's words to Nicodemus, apparently pointing him to the eye or the self or man's earthly component of a human soul-life consciousness as compared to Jehovah Elohim's soul-life consciousness. So again, John 3, 6-7, "...that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit." Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born from above or born again. So as we come to a conclusion of our program today, I'm going to give you a born from above soul life summary. One, when we come into this world through our first birth, we are bonded to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Our spiritual father is not Jehovah Elohim meaning we came from a corrupted genetically modified spiritual seed thus due to our corrupted genetically modified spiritual nature our end is that of two deaths physical and spiritual according to Genesis 2:17 the second point We must get freed from the curse of man's two bloods of earth, which gives us physical death and spiritual death. Or if you wish, the Jewish idea of lineage and circumcision. We have to escape from that idea. Three, the way of escape is through the one who said I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, according to John 14, 6. For when we receive Yeshua's testimony as the way, the truth, and the life, it is reckoned to us as justness or justification. This reckoning defines what it means to be surgically severed, from mankind's death walk with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. My fifth point, through Yeshua, there is a reckoned rebirth waiting for each of us. To receive it, we will receive a new Yehovah Elohim soul-life consciousness, which is what it means to have an interaction with Him by becoming born from above, Therefore, Yeshua is our great physician who surgically cuts us away from the grips of a second death, which follows our physical death in a yet-to-come future event referred to as the last day resurrection, and the sixth and final point. If we want to see and enter into the kingdom of God, we must be surgically detached from the death grip of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil on earth. And with this, we are then rebirthed with an adoption into Jehovah Elohim's family and identified with a new bond as a bond servant of Jehovah towards his tree of life from above in the garden of eden these are the points that i want to make in the summary so jehovah speaks this to the hebrew prophet ezekiel in ezekiel 18:31 through 32 cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed To get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says Jehovah Elohim. And in Hebrew, that is, Vahashivu Vahaihu, meaning, Thus all of you turn and live, all of you. This is what Yeshua meant when he said that man must be born from above, born again. We need a new man from Messiah's Nefesh Chayah, or his living, breathing soul life of consciousness, which is Yehovah Elohim's soul life consciousness. So Moses wrote with absolute clarity in Deuteronomy 30:19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today in you or with you, according to the Hebrew, that I have set before all of you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That's eternal life, that both you and your descendants or literally your seed may live. This is the story of the good news. This is the story of messianic redemption and restoration. This is the gospel narrative in a very concise put forth term by looking at it and defining it through being born from above or born again with a new, breathing, soul-life consciousness that we interact with when we are born from above. That's the Messiah's Spirit in us. I'm Avi ben Mordechai, and this is Real Israel Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me today on the subject of our human consciousness realizing that it's not about where it is located in the human physiology that is so terribly important to know. Rather, it's about what this consciousness is and how we can understand that consciousness in its relationship to who and what we are as sentient beings who are given the everyday choice to make decisions for life or death, good or evil. Our human consciousness can best be defined through what Yeshua taught, that we are to look outward and upwards to our Father and Creator in heaven, who causes us to be born from above, or born again, as it's often translated into English, and then, In this new life, we are enjoined to Jehovah Elohim with shaped and fashioned gifts of the Spirit of the Holy One put into us so that we can be of kingdom service. Now go and walk in that consciousness, or if you will, walk in the Spirit. Shalom, I'm Avi ben Morchai. We hope that you have discovered some fresh insights into the ancient biblical Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. Visit our website at www.cominghome.co.il. Cominghome.co.il